Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll to benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PCMag. As a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash accelerate. That's gusto.com slash accelerate. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, salespeople, business leaders of, of all stripes, uh, from MSNBC's Your Business to Inc.com to a whole bunch of other sites, we are enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. I have to be honest and say this is really because of the guests who join me here. They bring their expertise uh, to all of you so that you can take what you need and apply it in your business so you can be more successful. Today, my guest is Brad Sugars. Brad came from humble beginnings, but is now a self-made multimillionaire, the founder of the global business coaching franchise, Action Coach, an international business speaker, author, and entrepreneur. Brad has written 16 business books. His Action Coach team works with tens of thousands of business owners in more than 70 countries. His straightforward Aussie style has branded him as a leader that will tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And for more than two decades, millions of people worldwide have been listening. 
Thanks so much for joining me today, Brad. Hey, it's so wonderful to be here. After, what, 300-plus episodes, I finally get on. <laughs> you finally asked. <laughs> That's right. See? <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> That's how that goes. Yep. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. I, you, your um, reputation precedes you. Uh, so I, I am pretty familiar with, with you and your work. Um, I, by the time we get done talking, the audience, if they haven't already, will, will certainly uh, be um, in your corner and wanting to know more about you. Um, so I want to take full advantage of, of having you here, if you don't mind. And I would like to start our conversation around starting a business. So if there are people listening, thinking, I have an idea, I want to start a business, what questions should they be asking themselves before they actually start? Wow, that's a tough one and an easy one. You know, the first thing I think you've got to look at is, is there a market for the product? Do the customers love the product or service or is it just me that loves it? Too often people fall in love and they believe that old saying of, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's the exact opposite of the truth. If you love what you do, you're going to work harder than any poor person out there. I, I, I did a quote years ago and, and actually Sir Richard Branson put it on the top of one of his articles. I said, entrepreneurs are the crazy people who work 80 hours a week so we don't have to do 40 hours a week for someone else. Um, <laughs> and, and I guess that's probably the second question. Are you actually willing to become a business person? Not are you willing to be a good hairdresser if you're in the hairdressing business or a good accountant if you're in the accounting business? Are you willing to become a good business owner, a good business person, a good entrepreneur? Because that set of skills is entirely different to the set of skills of the job of the business. The job of the business is one thing. Being the business owner and a business person is an entirely different set of skills. Totally. I'm so glad that you said that. And I could not agree more. There are some, what I say to people is just because your mother thinks it's a good idea doesn't mean it is one. <laughs> so doesn't mean you should go into business. You know, the funniest thing for me, my mom thought me going into business was the dumbest thing ever. So <laughs> she, it was like, and I, and I still remember using one of her statements on her as like, mom, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> she, she literally didn't talk to me for a month. <laughs> What is she saying now, though? Uh, she still thinks I'm nuts, but, you know, in, yeah. in a different way, in a different way. Now that we've, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, if, if I counted them up, I've owned more than 60 companies that are, we've traded in. Wow. And uh, everything from hairdressing and beauty salons right through to magazine publishing. And uh, as you mentioned, my most well-known company being Action Coach, where we yeah. teach people all over the world how to grow their business. I think that... Uh, uh, what, what am I, uh, a restaurant right now? We just actually doubled the size of that. I live here in Las Vegas. It's down in the Wynn Casino. If you ever get here, gang, it's called La Cave. Um, oh, how great. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give, give myself a shout out. Give myself a shout out. But, you know, I yeah. have property management companies, uh, wow. commercial cleaning businesses, everything that's, you know, I just love being in business. I love being an entrepreneur, finding great businesses. And I kind of do a bit of a Ray Kroc these days. I find a great business that might be in one location. And I work out how I can put it in 100 countries around the world. Okay. So then I have to ask this question. Because you are the consummate business owner. What are the pros of starting a small business? And what are the cons of the same? 
Well, I, I'm an advocate of, if you're going to start a business, start it part-time and build your business from there. Get your first few customers in, those, in, in that part-time. See if there is a prove out of the product or service. See if people will actually pay for it. Because it takes anywhere from one to three years to actually get your product or service right. How are you going to sell it? How are you going to bill for it, charge for it? What way are you going to sell it? What level of sale? What uh, methodology of distribution? All of those things take time. I am a pretty big advocate. I, I wrote a book many years ago called Billionaire in Training. I think it was book number eight. Uh, this latest one, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, is now book 17. So it's like crazy. Wow. Um, first book took me six years to write, which was kind of weird. And then I, then I put another 11 out in the next four years. So it was like, this, this is <laughs> fun. But in Billionaire in yeah. Training, I went into how to buy companies. Because where I first started was buying broken companies. And by broken, I mean just run badly, you know, bad management or average management. Mm -hmm. or, and, and to find a business with bad or average management is not that hard. Um, yeah. And then to work a deal to buy it is, again, not that hard. A lot of people, you know, I like buying businesses where the person who owns it is ready to leave. Like they're just like, I just want to get out. I don't care what it costs me. I just want to get out. And, and yeah. I find that there's a lot better deals made because people think, oh, starting a business is cheaper than buying a business. Really true. Really true. Because buying it costs you cash, but starting it costs you years. So which one is worth more to you? Now, if you don't have the cash, of course, then you got to learn how to buy a business with no money down, which again, read the books. That's, that's the starting point of that stuff. Okay. So, we can talk on this for hours. You do know this, right? Yeah, I do know this. But but so so, but I want to for Pete. So for someone who's thinking about starting a business, mm -hmm. there are there's definitely. Uh, I think people convince themselves that there are things that are going to be good about it that turn out not to be good about it, and things mm -hmm. that maybe aren't going to be so great that don't necessarily manifest. So. Um. Are there reasons to start a business as opposed to going to get a job, do you think? A hundred percent. In fact, I just did uh, on my social media, I do a thing called drive time. I literally did this two days ago where I sat down and said to people, why should you be in business for yourself versus being a, an employee? And there's so many reasons to be in business for yourself. I think it's, I think if you have ever contemplated owning your own business, do it and do it now. Don't wait. Don't give it another year. There is never a perfect business. There's never a perfect time. If we all waited till it was a perfect time, none of us would have kids, you know, yeah. and, and this is the way <laughs> it is, you know, with me, here's me with five kids. Like when's the perfect oh, time yeah. to have a kid? Mm, never. <laughs> no such thing, you know? And, but the point behind it is this, the, the way the, the wealth is created. If you go back to uh, when Stanley and Danko wrote the millionaire next door and surveyed 4,000 millionaires across the United States, they learned that 70 something percent, it was like 74% of all millionaires are people that own their own business. Hey, I'm not going to be a rock star. I'm not going to be a sports star. I'm not, you know, uh, going to be, I'm not going to inherit it. I'm probably not going to marry it. So I got to build my own wealth. And if I'm going to build my own wealth, 74% of millionaires own their own business. That's not exactly a hard option to, to you know, you can't yeah. really debate those numbers. Yeah. Right. Unless okay. you're a rock star, unless you're a rock star, well, right. good luck to you, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Not, right. Not or many of us. Yeah. No. Yeah, that that's yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of that, um, the, I, 
I encounter people who think that uh, other people overnight are successful, right? There's this (laughs) overnight success syndrome. Would you please talk about that? And I I, I mean, that's not the case, is it? Uh, Look, there are some. There's the miraculous person who won lottery. You know, that's an overnight success. You know, one day I was dumb and buying lottery tickets and the next day I'm rich. Um, but yeah. for the rest of us, it takes 20 years. You know, the, yeah. whole, the, the whole concept of overnight success. I know, you know, I made my first million in my 20s. So it, it can happen fast. And in the world that we're in, it's happening faster and faster because you've got an, a global market at your fingertips. If you build a, a, a solid business, you can compete on an international level and be selling in Spain tomorrow uh, by having a great website that ranks highly in Spain. But the point of it is, it's still going to take time. Now, when I say I, I, I did well fast, but I also need to remind people that your apprenticeship to being a business owner starts by having a job. You know, yeah. at school, you're an apprentice employee. As an employee, you're an apprentice business owner. So how many jobs do you want to do in your apprenticeship? I, I get so annoyed with people that they say, oh, look, I should be good at this. I had 20 years experience. No, you didn't. You had one year's experience that you did 20 times. You yeah. never got a job in sales, so you never learned sales. You never got a job in finance, so you never learned finance. You never got a job in marketing, so you never learned marketing. And that's where I think that a lot of business owners need to be aware that a good resume is the opposite of being a good business owner. I was lucky as a young man, and I didn't realize how lucky I was that I was not a good employee. I was asked to move on on a regular basis, which meant I got to try a lot of different jobs. I had jobs in sales, jobs in, you know, you name it. But that job in sales set me up for a great level of success in my career. If I hadn't have been paid to learn sales by someone else and them send me on sales courses, I may never have learned sales. Right. Right. I think that is a huge point. So now let's talk about delegating certain areas of business because I I completely agree with you. And, And one of the things I've realized is the people I end up working with are the ones who weren't salespeople before they started a business. So that they know nothing about it and, mm. and they're afraid of it and they have misconceptions about it. They do it badly. <laughs> but, uh, but there are all these aspects of business that you have to be sure get done when you're a business owner. And I think when we start, we're, chances are good we're going to be doing all of them. But at some point, we got to let some of them go. How does someone do that without losing control or feeling vulnerable or... Well, let's, let's go backwards two steps. First and foremost, okay. you, you don't build your business, your people do. Your job as the CEO or the owner of the business is to build your people. Recruit, hire, and train good people and make them great. That's your job. So as long as you understand that your job is recruiting, hiring, and training good people and making them great, then you're on the track to this. So without that philosophy, without that understanding, you can't get there. Like in in the new book, Pulling Profits, we go through the five uh, disciplines of building a great business. And one of them is humans, the people side of it, the discipline of great people. Now, when it comes to delegation, I find most business people don't actually delegate, they abdicate. So they, they hire someone and they just throw them in the deep end. Now, unless you've, and, and let's go back to hiring great yeah. people. If let's say I wanted to hire a salesperson, right? And I've never done sales in my life. Here's the problem. You have no clue even what to ask that person to determine yeah. if they're any good at sales. Yeah. 
Right. So you do have to learn these skills. You don't have to learn them and be brilliant at them, but you have to learn enough about these skills to be good enough to even interview someone to determine if they're any good at it. I remember I, my kids, when they played soccer, I'm, I was their soccer coach. And uh, one of the young kids on the team, I was teaching them how to do laces kicks, they called it for the kids. And that is kick them with the front of your foot. Five, I'd send them to the fence and I say, kids, a hundred kicks against the fence. One of the kids comes over to me and she says, oh, I'm no good at this. I said, how many you done? She said, I've done five. I said, excellent. When you do another 95, come back and tell me if you got better. She went to another 95 and guess what? She got better. All these people would say, oh, I'm no good at sales. Really? How many sales training courses have you been on? None. How many yeah. sales books have you read? None. Of course you're no good at it. Don't, it. It's stupid to assume I can do none and be good at something. Oh, they were just born with the gift of the gab. Not a chance in the world yeah. that great salespeople became great salespeople by a natural birth. Kobe Bryant didn't become a great basketball player by natural birth. He became it by working his tail off every single day in the gym, harder than every other person that was in the gym. Same with the great salespeople. Now, when it comes to delegation, three things that must be in play. Number one, there must be a system in place. If there is no system, and by a system, the simplest system is a checklist. Second of all, there must be training of that person. If there has been no training of them, humans can't outperform their training. It's just not possible. You wouldn't expect to go and run a marathon and get a world record time if you've never trained once. And people in business for some strange reason seem to think that, hey, I, I don't have to train them. They, I, I just hired them. They should know how to do it. No. Not a chance in the world. And third, there needs to be management of that person. And people say, oh, you don't want to be a manager. You don't want to micromanage people. And I, and I say absolute trash. I would say it differently if I was in Australia, but I'm not. Um, the, the, the point is here, when management is about two things. Let's just, if I can indulge me for a minute here, Diane. Management sure. is about, about competency and productivity. People, I don't know what happened somewhere in the 80s or 90s, management became a bad word. And that's why execution is so poor in business these days. Management is about competent, productive people. If they're not competent, that's a lack of management. If they're not productive, it's a lack of management. See, if you're not measuring their performance, a manager gives someone a job and doesn't agree a time frame or a deadline or a, or a level of performance needed, that's lazy and bad management. And therefore, the company won't do good execution. Leadership, yeah. on the other hand, is about passionate, focused people. So how do you get passion and focus? That's leadership. Definitely need leadership. Here's what happened. You don't have management about leadership. You've got a bunch of passionate, focused people doing stupid stuff, making mistakes. The owners running around putting out fires all day, every single day. Flip it over. You've only got management. You've got competent, productive people, but they hate coming to work and they're not excited about doing anything. And so therefore they're not, they're not pushing themselves to the nth degree. You've got a low employee engagement. So we need both of these skills to be a great business owner. You need great management. You need great leadership. Uh, thank you so much for that. I could not agree more. Uh, that is absolutely. And, and it is amazing to me how many businesses operate without that mindset? Uh, you know, how many that they, they don't hold people to account. They don't even tell them what the expectations are and what the consequences are of whether they meet those expectations or not. I, 
I love it when they say, well, show me this person's job. They, they say, well, you know, my employees aren't doing a good job. Show me their job description. Well, <laughs> show me their key activity indicators or their key performance indicators or right. any indicator of what you're measuring with that human being. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. listen, if you want to be a lazy manager, be a lazy manager, but don't complain about the results you're not getting for the work you're not doing. Exactly. Exactly. That is so it. Wow. It's, it, that's wonderful. So how, how, so someone starts a business and they're, they're motoring along and I, I think most of them just get so heads down in what they're doing. They're not necessarily popping their head out to see if they're on the road, but so how do they know that they're on the right path to growing their business, that they're not heading down some dead end road? Well, there's more money in the bank every week. That's, that's the real simplest answer to that question. I'm an accountant by training, so every business has got to make me profitability every single week. You know, there's an interesting one, and, and I teach a formula called the five ways, which is about how to multiply the profits of a business. And uh, that was in my first ever book I wrote, Instant Cash Flow. And the reason I bring that up is that the average business owner measures the wrong things. They measure, well, how many, how, how many customers did we get this week? And that's an end result of what your lead flow is and your conversion rate is. And then they measure, well, what was our revenues this week? And then, and yeah. they say, and again, that's an end result. And so by measuring end results, you don't actually have the ability to change the end result. So we've got to teach them how to measure the right things so that they, they're actually changing the result, not just understanding what the historic result was. Um, and, and that, you know, I, I even go back to one of the real basics, Diane, I ask the average business owner and say to him, Hey, listen, tell me what's your break even point. How much money do you have to put in the bank every single day or every single week or month before you've hit, we're now making some profit, you know, yeah. and, and even how many months of the year do you have to get in of banking money before you've paid your bills and paid your taxes and you start making profit for the year? You know, these right. simple questions that they just can't answer. Now that's not because they're a, that's not because they're dumb. It's because they're or crazy. It's because they've not learned how to be a business owner. And right. I, I, you know, I remember when I first started in business, I was great at the job of the business. Nowadays though, like my commercial cleaning business, how many buildings do you think I've cleaned? Not one. Nor will I ever learn how to do it. My restaurant, how often do you think I cook? Never. My hairdressing businesses, never cut hair once. My dog food business, never made a delivery to a customer ever. Why? Because I'm the business owner. I'm the business person. I'm great at the running of the business, the building of the business. You know, as Gerber put in his book, E-Myth, you know, I work on it, not in it type thing. And I'm, yeah, I right. build a business that works. My definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you if it if it doesn't work without you it's not a business it's a job and you work for an idiot so that's, <laughs> that's the there's the australian in me kicking in i don't know what's going on you're bringing out the australian that's so today. Great. <laughs> i love that well you know we've got to just tell it like it is or I, this is one of the things i loved about your bio that, that you tell people what they need to hear not necessarily what they want to hear which is just so great because yeah, come on I feel what are we doing People come to a seminar with me and I say, listen, 
I'm a coach, right? I'm a business coach. By the end of this event, you are going to feel like you've run laps. I'm not here to be nice to you. I'm not here to pander to you. And that's why, you know, having, we have more than a thousand offices around the world in 70 some odd countries doing this with business owners every day. And never yeah. once do we sit there and say to a business owner, gee, we'd like you to like us. We don't care if you like us or not. What we right. care about is if you respect us and you get results. And that's exactly. the ultimate, you know, it's, it's that bottom line for us. We're the only business coaching company in the world that offers an actual guarantee that if in 17 weeks of working with us, you're not making more money than you're paying us, then we'll work for you for free. You know? wow. and, and, and those sorts of things where, you know, I, I look at building a business and I want to make one thing real blunt to every listener and every business person with us here today. There is a formula and a recipe for business growth. There is. After I'd coached 13,000 companies, I wrote a book called The Business Coach. And that was the systematic methodology by which we build companies. And we've done it for thousands of them. And we, you know, literally every week we have about, we have about 18,000 clients who work with us every single week. And we have hundreds of thousands who work with us on a monthly or annual basis. And every single one of them, I teach them, follow the simple system, follow the system. If you follow the system, the business will work. So you don't have to. Okay. Hang on to that thought. Cause I want to take a quick sponsor break. And then I, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams and Leading Loyalty by Lena Renee. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Everyone loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? That's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you could add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal. It's modern. You might fall in love yourself. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com accelerate. That's gusto.com slash accelerate. Today, we're speaking with Brad Sugars of Action Coach about how your small business can be a successful business. So, Brad, w will you share what some of these techniques are, just like, you know, one or two that small businesses should be using to ensure that growth? Uh, we, we can share hundreds of them. Um, where do you want me to start? Let's give me, give me Let's an indication. Say. Cause I got hundreds of these things in my head. Okay. Um, I, I want to, let's talk about the selling process. Let's talk about mm -hmm. sales okay. because I firmly believe that's the thing most of them don't get. So. so let's start with the very basics of sales. Number one, you got to measure your conversion rate. If you don't know the difference between the number of people who contact you and the number of people who buy, but you don't just measure it overall, you measure it per 
type of customer, male, female, older, younger. You measure it per lead source, someone that came from a referral versus someone who came on the internet. You gotta measure and know your numbers. You want anything to get better, you gotta know the number. If you don't know the number, we can't improve the number. Why do sports people measure everything so they can get better at it? It's not a complex thing. Now, just by measuring your conversion rate. Now, here's the interesting thing. Then I ask the average business owner, what's your conversion rate? They take a guess at it. They're always going to say to me, 60, 70, 80%, Brad, we're pretty good at sales. Guess what it is? What? <laughs> at least half, whatever they guess it is. So ah. they're guessing 70. I remember one guy, this, this guy, uh, an electrician, so had a big electrical company, and, and uh, he had lots of radio advertising, TV advertising. He spent a lot of money on ads to get his men in vans out to people's houses and doing the, the great job. I said, tell me, what's your conversion rate? He said, Brad, it's about 70%. I said, really? that's amazing. You guys are phenomenal. Let's measure that for two weeks and let's make sure it is 70%, not 60 and not 80. Let's, let's measure. Came back two weeks later. He, I, I, he was sitting down in his office. He's like, Brad, I think I'm going to fire everybody. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, I, I got to fire them all. I said, why? What's going on? He said, the conversion rate is 17%, one seven. I said, wow, that's brilliant. And he looked at me and said, what do you mean that's brilliant? That's awful. I said, I know, but increasing 70 was going to be hard work. Increasing 17, that's dead easy. I'm going to earn my money here real fast. You know, he didn't start laughing because he was upset. But then I sat down with his team and I, I listened to how they answered the phone because he got a lot of business over the phone. And have a guess what happened. People would call up and say, hey, how much for this? Guess what the answer was? They told him the price and the customer then said, oh, thanks. I'll call you back. They turned, yeah. a good, they turned a good potential customer into a price shopper by giving them the price and nothing else to compare on. I taught them the magic line. How would you, should I teach everyone to hear the magic line in sales? Yes. Are you kidding? Okay. Make sure everyone <laughs> listening, write this down word for word. Do not mess up my script. If you mess it up, okay. it's not going to work. Word for word. So the script goes this. Someone calls. They ask how much or how many or what can I do? And you say to them this exact set of words. Okay, write it down. Thanks for your call. There's more. Don't panic. Write that down. No, thanks for your call. Just so I can help you best, just so I can help you best, would it be okay if I asked you a couple of questions? Would it be okay yeah. if I asked you a couple of questions? So someone calls and says, in fact, I did this with another one of my clients. He was a tire retailer. And in his business, people ask how much for the price of my tires. So we turned around to him and said, hey, thanks for your call. Just so I can help you best, would it be okay if I asked you a couple of questions? Now, 99% of people are going to say, yes, ask me the questions. Yeah. And it, was, it took us several weeks to script the questions, to work out what are the best questions to ask that lead someone to value, not price. You've got to lead them toward value with your questions, not price. And this is really, really important to understand. So we would ask things like, tell me about your driving technique. Are you normally a heavy driver? You know, you drive fairly fast and corner hard, or are you a slower and easier driver? Because that'll help us determine what type of tread pattern you need. Mm. Tell me, are you driving mostly on open roads and highways? So we're asking them questions like this to give us some information to be able to give them the thing. So then we'll say to them, at some point they ask, by the way, what does this have to do with price? Well, thanks so much for asking. You see, if I didn't know the right tread pattern, the right tire compound, the right wall strength, I couldn't recommend the right tire for you. And you'd be driving on an unsafe tire that would bear out far too fast and be bad value for money. And you wouldn't want that, would you? 
And then yeah. you shut up for a second and they think about, oh, well, of course I wouldn't want that. Great, the right tire for you has this tread pattern, this tire compound, this wall strength. Have a set of those fitted for you this afternoon at this price or tomorrow morning at this price. By the way, guess which price was cheaper? This afternoon. Today. Yeah. Right. And then often they'd say, oh, why is this afternoon cheaper? Well, thank you so much for asking. You see what we do, I've got a team of people here ready to fit tires and I'm either going to pay them to sweep the floor or I'm going to give you a great deal. I'd rather give you a great deal. Can you get in by three? I took that guy from 17% conversion rate to over 60% conversion rate. Now you do the, you do the quick math on that. That means that guy's business has increased by almost fourfold. Right. Guess what it right. did to his profitability. So yeah, when you say sales is important, sales isn't important. Sales is everything because sales yeah. not only impacts your conversion rate, it impacts the average sale. It impacts the number of clients that you've got for repeat business it impacts uh, the actual level of repeat business. All of it is impacted by sales. If you're not great at sales, get the heck out of business. Get out of it. Stop. Yeah. Run. Hide. You know, and say, oh, but I can yeah. employ someone to do that. You can't employ someone to do sales. The job of an owner is rainmaker. You're a rainmaker. You're the person who brings the business in. And you have to, I am so glad that you said that. It, you have to understand the process. You are your best spokesperson for your business, you have the greatest passion and energy for it, and you have to be able to know how to have those conversations. And, and one of the things that I love about, because I'm a huge proponent of, do not tell people stuff. Ask them questions and then respond to what they tell you, is that, that what you're doing is you're actually giving them the information that they need, not just, well, here's our price list. Because you know your industry best. They don't. Yeah. So you, you have you, to take control of that. I don't believe you can sell anyone. People buy, but you I can't don't either. sell them. Right. Where right. if you I, ask them yeah. the right questions, they sell themselves. They become yeah, a buyer. But then you got to look at all the other things, Dan. An expert salesperson becomes a great communication understander. They study neuro-linguistic programming, the visual, auditory, kinesthetic modalities. A great salesperson understands behavioral profiling and determines that when someone walks in the door, hey, this person is a high eye. They want to be a friend. They want to hang out for a little bit. And they're not going to buy from me unless I become friends with them. Whereas this other guy walking in, this guy, he's a high D. He wants to buy in 60 seconds flat. He wants the newest, latest, greatest. And I got to be able to pick that the moment they walk in the door, the moment I'm dealing with these people. And that's, that's the difference between a good salesperson and a great salesperson. You know, the great yeah. salesperson become masters of the art of selling. You know, they just become masters of it. I know in my restaurant here, our, our sommelier, she is a master of wine. She's not just a, a junior sommelier. She's a master of this whole thing. And because she wants to be the best in her business, you want to be in business, be the best in your business. I hate it when business owners want to be average. It's like, what are you doing trying to be average? If you're average, and this, this comes back to something I learned when I was a young man. I went to my dad and I was complaining to him. I think I was 20 or 21. I said, dad, I just can't get good people. Can't find motivated people. And he looked me dead in the eye. My dad had been running companies for many, many years. And he said to me, son, you get the people you deserve. You're an, average, you're an average manager running an average business at best. Highest caliber of employee you're going to get is average. You want to be, get great people, you better become a great leader, a great manager, and run a great business. Great people don't want to work for average companies. <laughs> I'm sitting 
I just like, by the way, you notice where, wow. my, you notice where my bluntness yeah. <laughs> comes from. Your dad, thanks for that trait. Um, you know, you sit but back there. Dead on. It, oh, I mean, he was so right. It hurt like yeah. heck at the time as a 20 year old yeah. sitting there going, yeah, it's their fault. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I still remember sitting with an owner one time who said to me, Brad, you need to fix my people. They're really Ooh. what's wrong with your people. And he starts telling me all the things wrong. With me. And I said, how long do you think it'll take to fix them? I said, oh, 10 minutes. He looks, he says, what do you mean 10 minutes? I've just told you like a hundred things wrong with them. I said, yeah, it'll take me 10 minutes. So how can you do that in 10 minutes? Well, I'm going to spend four days with you first. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't laugh. He did not laugh. It's like I said to him, listen, the fish stinks from the head down, son. The fish stinks from the head down. So that's you a, right. You want a great company. You better become a great leader. And, and that's why today I know I have, you know, all of my companies and I literally run, uh, we have nine companies at this stage in our portfolio and I run them in 12 hours a week. And I do that because I have amazing people. And the reason I have yeah. amazing people is because they love working with me, you know, and that's the thing. You build great people. You build great companies. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question about that. Do those great people, do they have real clarity around what you expect from them? And do they also know what they can expect from you? 100% clarity on every job. Yeah. Here's a job I get. When I talk to business owners, I get them to do a, a simple activity. Get your employees, get them one at a time, have them sit down at the desk with you and ask them to write down what the top 10 things they think their job is. What are the top 10 things you think their job is? At the same time, you write your list of what you think the top 10 things are. Mm. Here's, what do you think is the average number that match on the two lists? It's like three out of 10 is the average number that match. So that means that person thinks their job is 70% different to what their job actually is. And you right. think it's 70%. So you've got 140% of, of stuff that's being done. That's wrong uh, between you and that person. So yeah, average, yeah. average yeah. person, they don't have a proper job description. They don't have real management. They don't have real uh, that. And, and, I get it. Business is busy, but here's the problem. If you remain a reactive manager, you will right. remain that for the rest of time. It's like someone once said, you know, there's a great policy for managers. My door is always open. That is the dumbest, stupidest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my entire life. It is just like, so, so what you mean is they can keep coming to you every five seconds right. and annoy you right. with your job. No. And, and I remember teaching this to a young guy in the South of England and uh, he had a great business, a manufacturing business. He had one of those warehouses, the manufacturing ones where his office hung over the floor and he could see out the window of his office, the entire manufacturing operation, the trucks being loaded. And when a red light went off, meaning there was a stoppage in production, he would literally jump out of his chair, run, slide down the stairs. He was real proud of the fact that he could slide down the stairs. I joked with him. I said, when did you put your cape on? And he looked at me like, what do you mean? I, he thought it was good that he could run down and fix these problems. I said, tell me, what do you think you're teaching your team by fixing these problems for them? He said, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm teaching them that, you know, it's, it's good to fix the problems fast. I said, no, what you're teaching your team is, I don't care about you enough to train you how to fix the problems. What you're teaching your team is, I don't value you enough to actually put time and energy into it because I'm going to fire you in a few weeks anyway. What you're teaching your team yeah. is, I'm the only legend in this company. None of you are any good. I'm the only superstar here. What you're yeah. teaching your team is how to get a 10 minute break. 
mess something up, go take 10 minutes, grab a coffee or a cigarette and let the boss fix stuff. Cause he's the only one smart enough to do that. You know, Ooh, and, and, that's a good one. and, and you start sitting down and thinking about how many times, like I, with my kids, can my kids tie their shoelaces? Yes. Why? Cause at some point I let them annoyed the right. living heck out of me that first time because we're in a hurry. Sure. We're trying to get out of the house. My kid's sitting there going, dad, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now I could have done it in five seconds flat, but it took <laughs> my kid 15 freaking minutes. We were late to whatever we were going to, but I had to let him because otherwise I'd still be tying the kid's shoelaces. Most business exactly. owners, are, most business owners are still tying their kid's shoelaces and thinking, and, and thinking it's the kid's fault. You know, the reality yeah. of it is that if you're not willing to build a person, then don't hire them. Yeah. Build the people, you know, that's your job as a boss, build them so they can do it. Now, uh, every now and again, and that's why when you go to reactive management, you have a meeting on a Monday morning with all of your team. Now I'll give people five simple productivity hacks right here to get your people performing, get yourself performing. Number one, end of every single day, write a list of what you need to achieve and do the next day. Start with what you need to achieve and finish with what you need to do and get all of your team doing the exact same thing. Once they're good at that on a Friday, get them all writing a list of what they need to achieve and do next week, as well as Monday's list. Okay. Now the reason to do it before you leave, not in the morning is so that you, your brain a has processing time. Your brain can think about all of it and come up with great ideas all night. The second reason we do it is so when I get in in the morning, I start, I'm not waiting. I'm not thinking about what I got to do. I get started because I already know what I'm doing and it's right there. Right. And with that list on a Friday, they give it to you on a Friday, on a Monday morning, you sit with your team, the direct reports. Now you should have between sort of five and eight direct reports. If you're a manager, more than eight, you got too many. You're going to spend most of your time managing less than True. less than five. You're not being paid enough to you're being paid too much to manage. You got to manage more people on a Monday morning. You have a meeting with your team. And you go through everybody's list in front of everybody else and you go through what's being done. When's it going to be done? How's it going to be achieved? You communicate. It's what you do. And, and then on yeah. a first Thursday, you have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with people. It's called a lion meeting. Lion stands for last week issues, opportunities next week, last week issues, opportunities next week. In that lion meeting, that's what you do for a half hour. You go through last week, meaning this week, what are their key performance indicators? What numbers are they at? What are they go through their list again? Where are they at with everything on their list? And then you go through uh, what any, and then you go to any issues for the week. And, and if there's any issues came up, you manage it in that meeting, any opportunities they've found that week. Now, if they're not bringing any opportunities to the meeting, do week 10, you're going to start finding some. If no, one, if no one on your company is looking for opportunities to grow the company, then you're the only one doing it. Your company ain't growing that much. Yeah. And then next week, what do we got to get done next week? Now, we do that on a Thursday for two reasons. One is so they got time to finish up if they haven't finished things. They got the rest of Thursday and Friday to get things finished up. And the other is so there's a good break between Monday and time-wise. Because here's the lesson every business manager, every business owner should learn. It's a simple line. It's a real easy line. You probably don't even need to write it down. It's, it's, it's that simple. Bring it to the meeting. People send you a dumb email. Guess what your response is? Great. Bring it to the meeting. People send you a smart email. Great. Bring it to the meeting. Gradually after three to four weeks, guess what all of your team learn? Great. Bring it to the meeting. Because what you want right. to do is start teaching people to be proactive, not reactive. Now, if they do come to you with an emergency issue, don't answer them. Ask them a question. Someone says, boss, should we go left or right? Okay, tell me. What's the advantages of the left? What's the disadvantages of the left? Mm -hmm. 
advantages are right, disadvantages are right. Okay, based on all of that, how would you make a decision as to which way we should go? So what would the decision be that you're gonna make? Excellent, good job, go do that. Gradually, you teach them to think for themselves. Wouldn't that be amazing if right. all people could think for themselves if you stopped doing it? The only way to get them to think for themselves is you gotta stop thinking for them. You gotta stop tying their shoelaces. <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I like you as an interviewer. I, you agree with everything I say. I love I that. You're the best I interviewer I ever. <laughs> Can I just say that I wouldn't if I didn't agree with you? But, but this is, seriously, and this is so much easier. And the only way you're going to be able to grow your business because you're the one who's going to grow it. You can't yeah. be everything to everybody. You can't be doing everything. You can't be solving every problem because yeah. then you're you're angry at the people who work for you and you're wondering why they're not doing these things on their own. It's because they don't have to. Walt Disney didn't operate all that. the rides. Just remember that. Walt Disney never ah, operated the rides. So there you go. Yep. Ray yep. Kroc never made a burger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, who else? What else? <laughs> McDonald Brothers made a ton of burgers. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> oh, that one drives it home to a lot of people. There's some people crying right now. Listen to this. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm the McDonald brothers. I'm not Ray Kroc. I'm the ride operator. I'm not, I'm not Walt Disney. Yes. Cry. Do it. Now go and buy my books and read them all. Do that. Exactly. Oh. I was just going to say that's right. Okay. So acknowledge it and now do something about it. So speaking of that, would you tell the listeners how they can get your books, how they can find you, you know, I'm, I'm on every that. piece of, I'm on every piece of social. Actually, that's not true. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that. I'm not on Pinterest. I'm not really a crafty kind of guy. Um, but uh, all the others, you'll find me on those. Bradsugars.com, actioncoach.com, jump on any of those. The books are at every way you find a good book. You know, Barnes and Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, every airport bookstore. You'll find uh, the latest one. It's called Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. It weighs about two and a half pounds. You know, how, actually, let me tell you how I came up with this book. Someone said to me, it just seems like magic how all these companies make such profit and grow so much. And I said, it's not magic. There's a formula for it. So I sat down yeah. and taught them the five disciplines and these are the ways, these are the disciplines. And I use the word discipline with, with uh, absolute intention because it's not about doing sales once and getting it right once. It's the discipline of business development. It's the discipline of people. It's the discipline of mission, the discipline of strategy and the discipline of execution. It's doing it great all, all the time, not just one time. Yeah, right, consistently, right? Not doing it and then thinking, well, I'm doing great and stopping and then having to start all over because good for you. But well, that's, just that's where business people suffer from that bright, shiny object syndrome. You know, yeah. we mentioned the, the superhero complex before. Well, bright, shiny object syndrome is another big killer for business people where they, they just can't stay focused on one thing. They jump from pillar to post and wonder why they're not succeeding. Exactly. I know. Tragic. I like to say to them, you can do whatever you want. You just can't do it all at the same time. So stick it on a list and now let's focus on where you are. Yeah. But the more because, employees you right? got, the more you can get done. That's the greatest thing. Right. About it. There you go. Right. Exactly. Wow. This is really great. I truly appreciate you spending this time with me. I, this is just information packed and Obviously, I agree with all of it. So, it right. <laughs> so I must be right. I must be right. Exactly. Damn, that. That's right. That's right. Good for you. That's right. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is, Diane. Now, I'm, I'm. You know, this is book number seventeen, and this one's like three hundred and ninety odd pages. 
Um, and it's the most in-depth book I've ever written because I, I wanted to pull it all together and just say, listen, here's the system. Follow the data. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It gets a little, uh, I, I would imagine it gets a business little crazy. Listen, you got to remember business ownership is one of the most lonely, confusing, hardest jobs yeah. in the world. It's lonely because who are you going to talk to about your problems? You can't talk to your staff about your problems. You can't talk to the bank right. manager about your problems. In fact, you probably try and hide the problems from your bank manager. You know, you don't want to go home and, and talk to your spouse about your problems. You don't want to worry yeah. them about stuff. So that's why we get all of the business owners at, at, at Action Coach. We get the business owners together and get them to talk to each other and become friends. Right. And you've got someone who's in your corner. You know, that, that to me is just so vital, having someone in your corner that understands what you're going through. Your friends who don't own their own business have no clue what you're going through. They're gonna tell you stupid things like, why don't you just go back and get a job? Shut exactly. up, shut right. up, <laughs> encourage that person. My foundation is purely designed to teach kids to come out of school and be employers, not employees. I, I, I hate the fact that kids go to school and all they learn to be is an employee. No, learn how yeah, to be an employer. Come out, come out and give people jobs. Don't go looking for a job. Come out and start giving people jobs. Well, how do people learn about your foundation? Uh, on my website, actioncoach.com. It's the Action Coach Foundation. Okay. It's pretty easy to okay. find. We make everything pretty easy to find. There's this amazing thing called Google. And as soon as they type it in, they find it. I, I love it. <laughs> Not the Google. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Google and, and yeah. check that out. Oh, gee, well, Brad, thank you so much. And listeners, you know, I'm, I hope that A, you were writing things down and B, you listen to this again so that you can grab onto more of it and write some more of it down. And implement it. And what the heck, you know, just go to actioncoach.com and get, the, you know, more information there. Yeah. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, audible.com and Gusto. To get your free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. For payroll processing you'll love, sign up for a demo of Gusto today at gusto.com slash accelerate. Listeners get three free months when they run their first payroll. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The hour and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. 
and I'm Brant Menzoir, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.